This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spotify's new revenue stream, promoting yourself on Spotify? And Rolling Stone's founder gets canceled? You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. Don't know why I forgot that one. With my co-host, coast to coast, Joseph Wazaleski, joining us. And myself, live, Colin McKay. Let's just flip it up. Live via Discord chat. We're really peeling back Wouldn't the that, curtain here on the final day. I was going to say, we're probably like, <laughs> somebody's like, oh, God. You know what I mean? Because there's definitely people that don't use Discord for like regular video game stuff. And they only hear. It's kind of like, remember when the news used to be like Hacker 4chan? Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's, well, I'm sure if somebody feels that way about Discord, they're like, oh, these, it definitely, you know, it gives miscreants. It's it's like wh- oh there's some bad shit that goes down on oh, Discord. Oh it's I'm insane. Not but yeah. what what I think is hilarious to like how it pertains to the music industry is that like have you just noticed Colin that every every single musician's like join my Discord server? And yeah, it's like, I mean I remember we talked about it a while ago and it was like uh it was rough, you know what I mean? Like and people were trying their best and it's a it's a really cool like idea but it's just you gotta have super mega fans i'm kind of like you should either go with the newsletter or the discord not both it's kind (laughs) of my kind of my funny uh, enough the only people that i feel like it could really work well for are like people that like our communities i cannot imagine using discord super heavy like yeah super heavy taylor swift discord you know what i mean i mean it might be lit <laughs> it might be honestly like, it might be lit i I think like taylor I mean, swift would have well it would be insane just at all times but i do think that there's like some element of like it could be like tumblr vibes you know for the swifties <laughs> anyway well that that sounds yeah i was gonna say that sounds awesome um 
Uh, but yeah, all right, folks, we're nearing the end, as, as some people can tell if you are just listening to us. Sorry, uh, we're gonna end soon. We have two more episodes after this. Yeah, it's your um, fault, too. I just want to yeah, really reiterate you, you that. really could have stepped it up. It's your fault that we're getting a divorce. It's, I'm sorry, but it's bitter, it too. It's a I'm losing divorce. the house, yeah. I, you're, um, I'm losing my garage. <laughs> It's a very weird split up, and I, it's weird. We have like two point five kids. I don't even know how we get the point five separated. Yeah. Um. But no, like, yeah. Seriously though, like, it's been a really great run. Joe and I uh probably get more into it in the last episode because we're just gonna have a fun time on the last episode. Again, oh, yeah. if you listened to last week's show where we broke the news, um, feel free give Joe and I uh the hardest questions you possibly can ask somebody about. Music industry, media, it's one of these questions where there's not really a real answer or something like that. We'll, we'll talk about it. I don't care. Um, we deserve it to you guys, you fans out there. So um, we're going to try our best. Anyway, Joe, I guess we're just going to get right into it with our continued best of the news and what's going on with music business. I was wondering who wanted to start because I didn't know what your story was. Um, exactly. I feel like I'll, I'll start this this time. Um, it It's a... It's, a, it's about our favorite thing in uh, the music industry, which is award shows. Um, but uh, this is an award hall. Can you guess which, uh, which hall it is? The Rock and Roll Hall. Thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I it think is. I know where you're going with this, <laughs> yes. but I'm interested to see where you're going. So um, if you're wondering why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is feeling dated and has been feeling dated for a while uh it may come as no surprise um that it's run by old men um in one of these old men is uh, a man called jane uh wiener who is uh he's one of the founders of rolling stone magazine rolling stone one of the i oh, mean it's still i was wondering if you were going to bring this up yeah oh my still, god it's such a right. it's such a can of worms man it is uh, such a like literally i was like i cannot believe this is real it's so, so buckle crazy. up for this story yeah okay oh my so god. basically uh jane uh wiener he basically founded rolling stone um, it got bought out by this mega company that also owns Billboard, um, which is uh, it is called uh, P- Pinsky Pinsky Media. Yep. it's a giant Pinsky. media conglomerate that owns like a bunch of stuff, especially with like written news outlets um, that are online. So he retired, um, but he took over the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation um, as he was the head of it uh, for a while. However, <laughs> I, um, Jan this might not have so... any kind of PR representative uh, currently because he made a. He's very, got so much experience. He made a very uh, extreme blunder for someone who's been working in news media his entire life. Um, but he was promoting his uh, new book called The Masters, which is a book consisting of interviews with the likes of uh, Bono, our favorite Bono. Uh, Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Mick Jagger, John Lennon, and Pete Townshend during his time at Rolling Stone. So it's basically a collection of all of these interviews that he's done. However, during this uh, New York Times piece that was written about Werner uh, uh, during the like during his like press outreach, right, uh, of promoting the book. 
Um, he basically said some things that um, were pretty, uh, I would say, racist and pretty boomerish. Um, as he he essentially said that uh, he, he said that the question was posed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so, why, I'm waiting for you to try it, to explain it's, it's this. It's very crazy. The question was posed. Joe gets canceled by um, last episode. Why no. why he wasn't including any black musicians um and women. What? And he basically said in his statement um that he didn't feel that they were articulate enough in the interviews. Oh, is what he said. Um, and here, I'll, I'll read exactly exactly what he said um, in this New York Times article. <laughs> he said, um, Warner notes that uh, in his introduction that neither are in his zeitgeist referring to black musicians and female musicians. Quote, when I was referring to the zeitgeist, I was referring to black performers, not to the female performers, okay, just to get that accurate, Werner told the Times uh, article writer David Murchies, uh, quote, the people had to meet a couple of criteria, but it was just kind of my personal interest and love of them. Insofar as the women, just none of them were articulate enough on this intellectual level. Wait, is, is what that he what he said. said so on about the women? If we're starting any he's sentence saying, with so he's, on he's, about the women... He said, that's, in so that's far as the women. And he's basically, I mean, he's being like a snobbish asshole, first off. He's, he's, he's sounding like he's, <laughs> he's sounding like he feels like he's the smartest dude ever saying this shit. And it's so horrible. But he, uh, speaking on black artists, uh, Billboard continues, Werner said, you know what? Stevie Wonder, genius, right? I suppose when you use the use the word as broad as masters, the fault is using that word. Maybe Marvin Gaye or Curtis Mayfield. I mean, they just didn't articulate at that level. What? Yeah, so these are like, he just, he funneled these people out on purpose. He's like fully admitting. And it's because of, it's it's seemingly because of a very racist point of view um, that I literally this guy is like it, it like clearly has a lot of problems of how he views society. Clearly, you know, it's very easy to throw out potentially, you know, some comments of you know, just like I can literally. This is some of the most optically bad stuff I've always seen. Ever. First off, can we? I have to mention an all white, all male book that's titled Masters. Yeah, it's horrible. Are you fucking it's kidding me? So like, horrible on every level. Um, I'm sure those artists are thrilled <laughs> that they got <laughs> looped into that. Um, but just as so everywhere, everyone understands like how high up, uh, uh, Wiener is he he helped found the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1983 with Atlantic Records founder and chairman Amit Erdogan, er, Erdogan yep. um, as well as record executives Seymour Stein, Bob 
Kranznow and Noreen Woods and attorneys Alan Grubman and Susan Evans, which are, these are all like ginormous names in the world of music and uh, legendary names. And he's been kind of up the ranks for a very, very long time. Um, And I'm sure he's made a ton of money from that sale of Rolling Stone as well. So there's a level of, he he has a lot of power and influence, uh, which begs the question: How long has he yeah. been this much of, a, of yeah, right, uh, a dumb dumb? <laughs> honestly, no, I mean uh, like, and and realistically, like, yeah, this guy has contributed. Um, you know, Rolling Stone at the time was one of the. I mean, know, it was the, it still was is to the, a lot. It was like pop the culture magazine. Yeah, it was like the pitchfork of the time of like it it established people's tastes in music and had so much and it still does to a degree it's it's a very institutional piece of you know like media and like the amount of writers that he also established into the i mean like the term like music journalism in its way that it's become really has come through rolling stone so that cannot be understated but like like you're saying in terms of when we're talking about the fully you know, form person that was at the helm of Rolling Stone, it really begs the question that the person that is giving these comments, does Rolling Stone have, you know, moments in its history that it denied people based on that they weren't quote unquote articulate enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it might have just been disguised misogyny or racism. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've heard echoes of this before, but these are very damning comments. I mean, if this I would is, say so myself. It's so tone deaf on every level. And it's it's shocking, especially coming from someone who's worked in media and should have a very like it should have a high understanding of like what the like where media as is at currently. Um, but goes to show that people don't keep up with things, uh, in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, especially when you have right. a ton and of people money get and invincibility. Of, yeah, exactly. And, and he thought, I think he thought he was invin- invincible, but, um, he has since been mo- removed from the board of directors um, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, pretty much uh, being lambasted um, by fellow board member like uh, Rob Light, um, who is the head of Creative Artists Agency. And um, according to uh, a source from Billboard, music manager uh, John Ladau was Landau was the only person to cast no in the vote against uh, Jan, pretty much. So he was, from one single vote, minus that, unanimously voted out um, from the whole board uh, room. And uh, the only statement that was put out was, Jane Wiener has been removed from the board of directors of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation. Um, And there have been no comments uh after requests from billboard and pretty much everywhere else but it just man he uh he really just decided let's just i've had a good career let's just shoot shoot in the foot yeah let's just shoot my career uh and kill it uh and let's just uh, question my entire magazine's legacy up here and like the places that it has gone and the people it is like literally i 
I cannot, but like when I first heard about this, honestly, it was so insane mm-hmm. that I like forgot about it because it was just so crazy that I was like, what is going on here? So I'm really glad you brought it back because honestly, I would have forgot about it right now. But like, once you real like, it's kind of insane, just like the poeticness of the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like how, like, there's so many inert like stereotypes being in here like especially especially calling black musicians who have been levied this criticism many times as being not articulate which is just false you know what i mean um and like there's just so many things that are like you're just playing into historic stereotypes here right like i I mean mean, a lot of the time it's so racist on so many levels that it it really does it, it like begs the question like how how much of this is like still in the industry? Like how much of these old people who, who think this way still run the industry in certain departments, you know, and like how much power do these people have? And then and, like, we, we got to hit on the female musicians too. quote as articulate enough on their, intele- on this intellectual level as these men. That's basically what he says other than as the men. Um, he says, quote, as articulate enough on this intellectual level. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Like if you, there, there's so many, like he names a bunch of people that I would actually argue are very articulate, like a Grace Slick or a Janis Joplin and specifically a Joni Mitchell. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing that like, let's say if he decided to go like, Hey, I uh, just pick these people. Like he opened this up by himself, right? Like there was nobody like he really, really clawing did. at him. I, like I, he could have said, "Hey, we picked three hundred. Th- we we picked three hundred sixty-eight pages, which is a rather long book of interviews with musicians, and we just couldn't keep going. Maybe we'll do it in a second one, and it wouldn't have been a controversy. You know what I mean? Like." Are you like the, he literally could have just ended it at that? I'm sure the criticism of not having the diversity there, given the rock and roll's history, still stands. But he just decided to light the match to this entire thing for no reason. So it almost feels like, given that, like you're saying, Joe, all of this media experience that he has, I mean, this guy has launched and helped do presidential level interviews mm-hmm. of presidential people that became president, you know, and you know, notably were quoted as being, you know, things that help people win the campaign. This is not a guy that like does things just because he is doing this on purpose. You know, he's doing this to show this viewpoint that he has Yeah, that apparently, you know, black artists and women are not articulate enough about rock and roll music in general. So I feel like it's like, you know, there is a level of, there's so much ignorance here that he's just showing the ignorance, but it's almost like he's trying to boast the ignorance. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, be he like, see, am he I feels, right? Yeah, he's just like, he's so out of touch with reality that it's like, to him, he's just like, oh yeah, this is like, like you don't feel this way? Like, this is normal. And it's it also begs the question, who are these other people that he's hanging out with? <laughs> 
that also well, feel this fun way. Well, fun fact, get, literally I'm getting thing articles that are related to this that are like, women make up less than 8% of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. I wonder fucking why. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. If you started the goddamn thing. And like, to be honest, like the one that also really gets me on here other than Joni is Stevie Wonder. Um, one of the, ironically... One of the best, I, you know, you guys who've been listening to the show for a long time have known that I'm a big nerd about like very historic moments in music or like speeches or whatever. And like one of the speeches that comes up in my mind as a really well articulate and moving speech that actually happened at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at his induction was Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And um, like it literally is about like, his prejudice and the stuff that he's dealt with and just like the graciousness that he has to even be there. And it's so moving. He takes off his glasses during it and you just look like you just look right in his face the entire time. And you can tell that he's just like giving himself to the audience being like, wow, I cannot believe that I am here. You know what I mean? And it's one of the most articulate speeches that I've ever heard. I would literally look it up if I were you. It's Stevie Wonder Rock and Roll Hall of Fame speech. And he's got his kids with him. It's like 1989. And uh, I literally, it's like such a capstone speech to the whole thing. So I just find it ridiculous that someone would say like he is not articulate he's insanely articulate yeah you know? i mean he's <sighs> it's it's truly horrific and uh he deserves everything <laughs> that's happening to be yeah, honest it's not, I, uh, there's nothing you know pe- people who listen to the show historically know i like to play devil's advocate but it's like this guy's doing it on purpose. Like, yeah, no, this, this is not zero tolerance. This is not a miscommunication. This. this is not like a oh, this is out of context. No, like this guy is has the training, has the knowledge, and knows what the power of his position is. And so it seems like he's trying to further that agenda more than he is trying to, let's say, defend himself. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. trying to use his position to, you know. Hammer in the point that he's trying to make, which is, you know, to be racist and misogynistic. So I, you know, it's really, you know, out of this world that this is, you know, this is the guy that, you know, founded one of the biggest publications on earth and now, like, has put a irremarkable, you know, irremovable like stain on the legacy of that publication. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now this is going to make people think about, you know, why did this person never get covered? Why did this person get covered? You know what I mean? And Rolling Stone shaped careers and continues to shape careers. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, one thing, if you feel like there are people that make a mistake and that happens, but this just feels like a willful moment to show and boast ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. It's truly, I was actually, my mouth was on the ground <laughs> when I was like reading these statements. It was just so, I, it's so like unforgivably racist. Uh, and just like, it's, it's just his, his confidence in how he's like responding to it and like how he like explains it more like he's like oh yeah well of course i know everything it's like that uh, also level of like this guy is like 
the stereotypical racist man who thinks that he is the smartest person in the world. And he has a bunch of money. He had a bunch of power. And that's scary. And it's, if anything, it's like, it shows how the music industry needs to change. And also, I think, in some level, how it has changed. But it's it wasn't that long ago that he was still running Rolling Stone. You know? <laughs> it I really... mean, that, and I also think it's just... Um, it just really shows, I mean... This guy was pivoted as a champion of rock and roll publications, bringing people to the limelight, which I'm sure that he did to some regard. But it's like, you know, it, it it's one of these things where one step forward, two steps back in a lot of ways, where you feel like this is, and I have met these people in the industry that hide in plain sight. You know what I mean? It's one of these things where they hide and play. I've gotten into, as of late, actually, awkward conversations about things that are, you know, just human decency conversations. And I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe I'm having this conversation right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think this is an example that, like, the music industry has problems with this where it will enable these people due to their connections and status, and so does life, but specifically the music industry due to its closed nick you know, kind of insider crowd has to be on the hip side of everything attitude. Like these people are enabled to stay in here and be hidden in plain sight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I just think like, you know, if you think that, um, that is impossible, it is entirely possible in the music industry to have this. I mean, this is a prime example of this, this, this entire time where this guy, you know, clearly had very, very, very like hard and, you know, misogynistic and racist theories about music, but was also the face and head and leader and also trailblazer of music publication. Yeah. I, it's man, it's a bummer. It's a huge, huge bummer. Um, it's also just like, I, on some level, like people have to, people have had to have interacted with him in the past and been like this, this dude is racist. Right. And like just mm -hmm. enabling him to continue because they're getting something out of it is, is just, it's tough. It's really tough, but he's out of the rock and roll hall of fame. Who knows if any of the rest of that board is just as tone deaf. I guess we'll see because I'm sure they're going to have a not. lot of scrutiny. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Moving on, Colin, what is your story? All right, let's talk about this. So we've hit it in the life of our show a lot. We've talked about big tech and our show's cup of tea, Spotify, and how they have been failing to profit and make more money to generate revenue, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a problem since these companies were created. You know, all these tech, social media companies, streaming companies have always had this problem where they cannot get enough revenue, but everybody said growth, 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 right? I have said this so many times on the show, I'm a broken record. 
Um, so many experts were trying to basically, you know, figure out what are we going to do. And so we've talked a lot about the show. Also, many experts, you know, have their theories that streaming may be coming to a plateau soon because there's not much more exponential growth left. Like we've, we have streaming around the world. There's not a lot of different genres that have a lot of room to grow, you know? So what are we going to do? You know what I mean? These companies where, you know, we can cut as many people as we want to a point, but like at the end of the day, it's like we do need to have an operating budget and without making really, really harsh cuts, something's got to change. So like, it felt like one of those where it's like, Oh my God, there's a, a reckoning here unless we can figure out something. And I'm arguing that Spotify may have a good idea here, but at what cost? So let's talk about it. Like Spotify has been known for monetizing consumers, right? So I, you know, it's kind of evident from this new tool that they're showcasing pun intended. Spotify may be turning to get money from artists directly quote. Spotify has just launched showcase a new paid for promo tool that lets artists and their teams highlight new and catalog releases in app on the platform's mobile home page. Mobile Home, according to Spotify, is the most visited place on Spotify and billions of streams, uh, streams originated from every day. And I was about to be like, of course it freaking is. Guess what happens when you open the goddamn app? It's like Google being like, the Google search bar is the most used part of Google. It'd be like, no shit, Sherlock. Um, anyway, according to Spotify, over the next few weeks, artists and their team with uh, U.S.-based billing, will be eligible to use Showcase if they have at least 1,000 streams in the last 28 days in one of its 30 target markets. So that's a really... This applies to a lot of people. Again, we have talked about on the show, I believe the numbers... The numbers were pretty crazy. It was like close to 50% of 50% of these artists have less than a thousand streams, but still there's a lot of artists, right? So this applies to a lot of different people. It's a very pretty low bar. You know, if you have somewhat of a following, then you're, you're pretty much into being able to do these promotions on showcase. Uh, this may sound familiar for my industry friends because, uh, Spotify has a tool that's very similar. That's called marquee. But that allows labels to pay cash to Spotify in order to directly advertise priority releases to customers on the platform. And that launched in 2019. This showcase one, I see more towards being marketed around the DIY or like indie artists, for example, and that marquee is going to be more of a label kind of tool. Um, Spotify also specifies that between Showcase and Marquee, Marquee is more for new music, while Showcase can be either new or catalog music, um, kind of showing how they're similar, and which is why I think they're more towards DIY or indie people, which is people who don't have labels, basically. Or, you know, we could maybe see some label artists try to use it for catalog music, which is catalog music, which we actually had a show about this a while ago, is uh, music that's generally older than 18 months. So it doesn't have to be that old. I mean, stuff from 2022 is catalog, right? Um, campaigns will start as low as $100 as of now when booked via Spotify for artists. $100, which I was like... It's an interesting number. Um, campaigns will run until an artist either A, spends their budget, or 14 days after their campaign starts, whatever comes first. Hmm. So if you're like, 
really hitting it hard, you're getting a bunch of interaction and stuff, you could burn through your $100, let's say, or if you're not getting a lot of interaction, your $100 could go all 14 days, basically, right? So showcase is priced kind of what I just hinted out on a cost per click basis, starting at 40 cents cost per click. And Spotify says that it will only spend an artist's budget where people actually click on the showcase. So basically saying like, hey, we're doing regular kind of internet marketing in a lot of ways. It's not based on impressions, um, thankfully, but like it's still, you know, cost per click, 40 cents. I mean, that's, you're looking at 200, 250 people for like $100, right? If you click through, right? Mm -hmm. Not to mention if people double click, I would assume that would count as two clicks. Um, Spotify says you can even use your tools uh, to specify in its 30 initial markets, which is to be expected, as well as uh, target different categories of listeners, which I kind of had a hilarious time reading about, which we had super listeners, moderate listeners, and light listeners, which are super vague. Like I tried to figure out Music Business Worldwide kind of spells it out a little bit more, but it's like really funny because literally it's just like, uh, super listeners interact with your music like a lot and moderate <laughs> listeners activate, you know, kind at, you of, know, with kind your of music not a lot. less. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's literally <laughs> what it's like. And then light listeners do it a little, like that's literally what it's that like in the, in the Spotify boardroom when they're pitching. They're like, yeah, we got these super listeners. They're like, really? They're, I, I feel like you'd call them. What's the word? F fans. Yeah. Fans. I think that's what the word is. And then moderates yeah, like your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just like it, it, the semantics of it are really funny, but I understand. I'm sure there's like a whole complicated chart for it based on how many streams you get and like your active monthly listeners and stuff. But it was really funny just how vague it was. Again, like if you had a thousand streams in 28 days, right? Like let, let's say you had a thousand streams in 28 days. I'm like, there's a potential that like a super listener could listen to your song like 10 times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what we're looking at. Right. Cause it's all compared to one another. So I guess you got to figure out like, do you have people that are like, you know, like what's your niche? Are you like super niche kind of music? And you think you're just going to have these like mega fans that are whales are going to like, you know, listen to everything and like pay a bunch of money. Or do you think you got like a general kind of, Hey, we could like uh, put this in an H and M commercial, and people would tolerate it. You know what I mean, kind of music. So you might be more light listeners everywhere. Um, anyway, the point is, is that we are starting actually with a point of revenue that doesn't seem to be a uh, raising the price of Spotify, b or taking money from the company itself, or c. Uh, taking money from the artists based on payout. So I thought this was kind of a really interesting model to think about, especially since Spotify has always rode the line of like social media company, but not really, but kind of, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's interesting to see them kind of place more money in ads, which Music Business Worldwide also adds and uh, ads that uh, basically Spotify has always been the the last dog in the fight when it comes to ad money. So like, this could be an interesting spot for Spotify to expand. They expand 15% last year in ads year to year. So they do have a, kind of a positive track record going for them. So maybe they have some good relations there. But Joe, I want to know first before we get into it, what do we think of this idea? Like of being like almost akin to what pay I've seen on TikTok promoting. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's funny that it's four cents uh, when that's like way more than what they pay out <laughs> per stream. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's like, I don't know. It's it's a bit ironic to some it extent. It feels like the way I was thinking in my head is it feels like how I live in Tennessee with regressive taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, not to get super heavy, but like literally like how there's a bunch of people here. They'll be like, we save so much money cause we don't have state tax and we don't have this. And I'd be like, you're paying $10. You're paying 10% more for everything you buy always. Cause the yeah. sale tax is so high. And so this is the kind of what it imagines to me is like being like, you guys are going to get super pissed if we lower the amount of money we pay you. But what if you just pay us? Yeah. <laughs> You know I, mean, I mean, I think like maybe the the cost benefit would be like you're gaining at least, you know, if you get like 100 people to click or, or like 250 or whatever to mm-hmm. click, if you get like maybe 20 of those people fans, you know, like and they're like, oh, I'm a fan of this artist now. They're going to look at your other stuff. Then like maybe yep. it's worth it at the end of the day. Um, but there is a level of like morally like is this correct but but the music industry is so honestly backwards than what it was prior of like even like what what's considered payola right um of like before payola was was is illegal still um payola is when you pay a radio station to play your track um which is now very illegal in the united states uh, however, it is very legal to pay someone to add to their Spotify playlist that's public um, if they're an influencer. And it's legal to pay influencers to play your music on TikTok, which, you know, this is stuff that like all artist teams are are doing pretty much. Right. Because they've, There's a loophole. they've had to do it. Well, it's a loophole and it's also... You ca- it's like the way streaming works now. It's it kind of forces you to do it, um, right? Because you have to be part of the conversation and part of the ecosystem of like what's being spewed out into the internet forums. Otherwise, people get so distracted that they'll never find you again. I mean, how many times, Colin, have you been like when you're consuming music now? Are you like someone that's like, oh, I'm going to sit with this record for like a good like two weeks, you know, and like keep listening to this record? Or are you the type of person that's like, uh, I've listened to this record twice now and I'm probably not going to listen to it again. And um, and I'm going to need this artist to release within the next year for me to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I kind of cycle through and I usually get like one or two songs, maybe every like one or two weeks that I'm like really into mm-hmm. and I like add it to my playlist and I'll listen to it. I, you, you know me, I have a really bad habit of like over listening to like two songs in a row because I'm just so obsessed with it. But like, yeah, it's um really interesting because I do get what you're saying. It's like there isn't that kind of older style where because of the way and the and the way that we consumed music right like you bought a cd it'd be like that's your new cd you maybe have five other cds so guess what you're probably gonna listen to that new cd like 
a bunch over two weeks, right? Now, mm. because we have so much going on, it's like, yeah, like you are really fighting against most of the time, I mean, everybody says like, oh, you're fighting all against each other. But like half the time, you're kind of just fighting against human history's back catalog of music. That's how I view it half the time, right? Is that, you know, everybody's always like, well, you know, like, I got to fight against like all these people that are also trying to make new music. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like you're fighting against like Fleetwood Mac. And you know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like now with the about that streaming has is that like you're fighting against these like tried and true that a lot of people are like, oh, I've heard they're really good. So I don't want to waste my time with something that's maybe not good. And so it would be interesting, though, going back to this argument is I think this is a very interesting route to go. And I honestly think it's a very genius route to go for revenue. I mean, taking out the moral part of it where um, I, I think that especially in this day and age and the way that specifically other social media type companies have been going, I mean, I would look at TikTok especially right now because I have, I dude, I don't know what happened. I mentioned it maybe like two or three weeks ago on this show, but like somebody at TikTok literally just put on the monetization button or something and just everything went crazy. Like every time I'm like looking, it's like, here's a link to a sweater with pickles on it. Yeah. And then the next thing's like, here's how not to drain your bathtub and like all this. Kind of, and I yeah, feel like, like people are ads. getting, it's just like, right. Forced. I feel like people are getting more normalized to that. And I do think that's a double edged sword. It's like, we got to pay attention to that. Like TikTok, or you're going to drive people out. But I do think that there is this uh, kind of increase of people due to this like almost recent uh, acceptance of ad and monetization that might go for this model. And I think they're hitting on one thing that's really important here is that I do think this is, again, really at these like DIY and indie artists who kind of feel like you know, I have really good music. I just can't get in front of people because of the algorithm. I'll just pay the algorithm and then I'll let my music doing the talking, which is like what every band on earth is going to goddamn think, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it's, I think it has its pros and cons. Like, I definitely think one thing compared to maybe the TikTok route is that you lose one of the hardest parts about music on TikTok is the conversion, right? Yeah. Because you have like the song in the video that's entertaining and you're like, that song was kind of interesting. And then like, you kind of have to either like jot it down what the song was or be so moved at the moment that you watch the TikTok that you're like, I'm going to go add it to my playlist. So I keep racking up money or something or same thing. Like when you're making TikToks, it's like, Oh, well I got to, if I make this song really attractive, then it's like got to make other people be like, I need to make more content with it. It's got to be a, uh, a trend as we've talked about on the show. But one benefit to this is you don't have a conversion, right? Like these are people that are trying to listen to music, right? That just open their Spotify app. Okay. And I think positively for Spotify and other, you know, Apple music, YouTube music and stuff like that. Um, it has really let people's guard down when it comes to just trusting the algorithm in terms of like, even me, the pretentious asshole I am, am like, what does the for you or the super mix say, right? And so I think there are is a group of like 
consumers that could really be impacted by this advertising because they're so used to just being like Spotify's right about a lot of the music I listen to. Let's let it roll the dice again. Tell me what this band is. You know what I mean? And um, I think if it's done in a very intelligent way, it could be, you know, symbiotic in that way. Now, does that kind of lose the, um, I don't want to call it like genuineness of the algorithm a little bit? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're adding a you're adding a paid function, but Spotify's had that problem, kind of like the payola thing, where it's like there was always a way. You know what I mean? Like there was a reason that like a bunch of this label music would get in front of you first, right? You know what I mean? Like all together. And so like that they're you know, they're bulk buying ads over, you know, at a Sony or a Warner or Universal. So they have that power. So it's not like there hasn't been let's say corruption, even though it's not corruption, but let's say that the system has been corrupted already, right? It's not just this like free form capitalist market where like the best song prevails to the top, but it's really funny to watch this happen because I do think that for Spotify, this could be a win, you know, but I think at the cost of really preying on the desperation of the modern artist, you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of, Praying at a lot of these people that, you know, may have the miseducation or just the, um, just the sole belief that their music is just so good that they're going to explode if they spend a hundred dollars, which is what I thought was wild about this. A hundred dollars is the lowest campaign, mm-hmm. right? Like I've done some advertising when we were doing advertising for the show a little bit. I was like, you could put a $5 thing on Instagram yeah. or on Facebook. You can put $20. It has to start at a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Like that's not nothing money. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy to start at that level. But like on some level, I, I feel as though it's like trying, it's trying to, be perceived as as like this like revaluation of music but i think like it's putting the money in the wrong spot you know what i mean like i i don't i don't see i i mean ultimately it like spotify is going to do what's going to benefit spotify they're not going to do what's beneficial to the artist um so it's a it's kind of this like balancing act that everyone has to play in the industry in order to get pretty much play but also uh keeping relationships going and making money from it but yeah it's it's you know it kind of brought me back in time a little bit it to college because i i remember colin like when we were learning about how to market music it was strictly they were like you have to view streaming as marketing like you can't view it as a moneymaker. It's just impossible. And and that's honestly what's t- turned into releasing music. Like releasing music has turned into marketing. But before the fallback was like, you market for your tour. So you're marketing for your tour so that you're touring to make money back because touring yep. makes money. But now it's you're marketing to market and then you're going to market some more. <laughs> and eventually, this money might come. It's true. I mean, it's literally like, yeah, I mean, it's so funny. It's, 
it used to be more like now now I feel like we're not to be like we're an end game, but like it kind of reminds me of uh you know when people talk about like art, they'll say like we had our renaissance and then we had our like modern and then we had our postmodern. I feel like we're in the postmodern part of streaming now, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you're saying it used to be back in the day it used to be you bought CDs or records, that's how you made your money. You also toured to sell CDs or records. Okay? And then we kind of, we had Napster, we had all this stuff, we had streaming and they went, "Okay, nobody's making money on selling this stuff anymore. You can make some, but it's not it's not what you make your money on, right? So now you're going to make music, and so people will go see you live because they like your music so much. And now, like, that's modern. And now I feel like we're in this postmodern era where it's like, you will make music and different social media content. So they follow you on social media, and that's what you want. And so then you can advertise touring because then they'll make you money on touring. But you can't remember the middle step there. It's, like it used to be like a nice little sidestep. Yeah. But now it's like a you want the follow more than you want the ticket right away because the follow will stay with them as opposed to the tour now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really weird. Like it like that's why I want to say it's like post postmodern. Like we are past just regular like a plus B equals C. It's like A minus C, but you know, when it, uh, times the square root of 4AB minus BC divided by 4AC, you know, quadratic formula. And uh, <laughs> that that will equal money. It just like, gave what? some people so many <laughs> anxious heart attacks <laughs> from that. Now we're going to go over people, integers. People um, flashed back to their high school math classes. And oh, freaked God. out. Now we're going to do completing the square. Anyway, no, never mind. Like, it, it's so funny because, like, but that's what I'm saying. It's just so weird now. And, like, in the same way, it's, like, it would be weird if, you know, like, Spotify, because essentially, like, right, like, you're paying money to Spotify to have content on there so they can charge a membership fee so you could get, like, no money back, Right. Your mm-hmm. your negative money most of the time for the beginning of your career, and then then you have the gall Spotify to be like, hey, we should pay more money to Spotify, and so like it just seems like cyclical. It's like all the money goes to Spotify, and where do I go? You know, um, I'm and which is kind of what I want to am interested in is I wonder if there's going to be some backlash about this. You know what I mean? Like I haven't seen it yet, but I also think this is very brand new news. So I'd be interested to see if there's some artist backlash, especially like you're saying, Joe. I mean, like if people start kind of going through this cost per click thing, like you're saying, you're like, you're charging me more than it is to stream my music. You know what I mean? Um, It would be interesting. But I do think that like at the end of the day, I think this is a smart idea. Like I think this is an interesting way to you know, generate some revenue, but at the same time, does it feel a little scummy? A little bit, especially since the price is a hundred dollars starting. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not that big of a deal if you're like a five person band, but like, you know, if you're just like an acoustic act or something and you're just you, you know what I mean? Like that's a lot of money, you know, for just like a couple ads. I feel like they're very, if anything, it's kind of showing Spotify's desperation for, for, actual money for, for revenue pocket. yeah yeah absolutely i mean then this is 
one thing too. It's like, it's cold, hard cash. Like it's a hundred dollars straight up, which, you know, Spotify's used to like, well, we'll pay you out this off a bit, you know, like some long formula. No, it's, it's a hundred dollars cold cash. So I do think it will prey on a lot of people that may not need to be advertising their music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There are some people like, like, you know, I'm one of them where it's like, I have music. It's not particularly huge or anything. I have some people that enjoy it and talk to me and I know where it is. And that's kind of where it's staying right now. But it's like, there are some people that this will prey on and they'll be like, all I have to do is get my music in front of people and then it will work. And they're forgetting the quadratic formula that I just laid out. Right. And Spotify is going to be like, yes, it will work. You will get more listeners and it will be successful. And they're just trying to push you through because they, they think it's an A plus B plus uh, equals C formula. And Spotify is just being like, yes, that's what it is. It's not the quadratic formula. Um, so yeah, I, I do think this will prey on some people, but I do think in general, like Spotify could make some good dollars off of this. Cause there's going to be some, you know, rich kids, uh, rich kids out there that their parents are going to be like, here's a thousand dollars. Just throw it away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, little money junior, you know what I mean? Your rap career is going to take off, right? Like, or, or like, uh, the next John Mayer lookalike, your, your career is going to take off, right? Like I just, I see that already. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue global. When you come back with a Purdue global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The, the wacky world of music. And speaking of music, Colin, what... Have you been listening to this week? Um, let's see. First, um, I've been listening to. Hmm, I'm trying want, to think. Do you want me this. to go first? No, 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 no. no. Okay. okay. Um, I, I, I've been. Li- oh yeah, I forgot to mention this. I've been listening to this. This is what I was trying to remember the other day. I was like, I want to forget this because last week I was totally listening to this and I forgot to say it. Um, I was listening to uh, this George Benson record that I really like, which is called In Your Eyes, and there's a song called Lady Love Me One More Time. It's just got like a lot of key changes and stuff. It's very 80s where it's like everything is newly digital. Yeah. And like, uh, like and so that's what I really clean. like about it. Everything sounds yeah, so exactly. clean and reverby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was listening to that. really like it. If you're a fan of like kind of like funky you know seven chord kind of nonsense there you go uh i sent joe a song from a band that i like from one of my favorites uh that is uh fizz which i sent joe this uh band too it's they had a song called high and brighton um i really like this band um they're newer uh, they're like a new band but they come from uh, like their bigger claim to fame is that Dodie is in that band and a lot of people knew Dodie when she was on youtube and now she's kind of you know like she did her own thing with music and had some success there so now she has like this little uh four-piece band and i was kind of surprised about it i was like oh it's just got like She's she's very intellectually smart, Dodie, and she's very musically smart. And I think she rides the line of being too musically smart, where I joke there's a bell curve where you're too musically smart and the music becomes like too much. It's just like too too complicated, too over the top, just to be complicated kind of stuff. And Dodie rides that right line between having a hook and being like musically interesting. So mm-hmm. like this high and brighten song I really like because it kind of reminds me of like a um 
like a super like it kind of reminds me of like a Beatles song in a lot of ways, where it's just like it's got a lot of parts. Now we're on to the next thing. Now we're on to the next thing. Now we're on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Like other than it being very British. Um, anyway, Joe, what have you been listening to? Um, I've been listening a lot uh, this week to the uh, legend who just passed away, Sixto Rodriguez. Um, in his, I thought you said election. Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, I was no. about to be like, what? <laughs> no. Did I miss something? <laughs> yeah, she just passed away. We didn't talk about it. It's so whatever. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine if we made it through <laughs> all the show and we out. never said anything? That would be really sad. That's like, off, since she's really I, young, never, but like that would be insane. I've never had like a podcast have a cliffhanger before. <laughs> like, and I feel like that would be. It'd be like, okay, yeah. guys, and we'll see you later. Um, right. but Rodriguez, uh, passed away, um, this week and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. I mean, uh, it, he's a legend mostly because of the documentary Finding Sugar Man, um, which if you guys don't know uh, what it's about, basically, uh, Rodriguez was very poor all of his life. Um, but he was coming out with albums. He would like release records. He was signed on his first record to a major. He got dropped. Um, he didn't. He couldn't ever find his footing again. But he kept like releasing some works, and then eventually, he just gave up on music. It just wasn't working um, for him. But then, all of a sudden, come to find out um, that he is the biggest artist in. South Africa, like he is the, the like he is considered the Beatles in South Africa. Meanwhile, no one anywhere else knows who he is. And people in South Africa grew up on his music and really connected to it. And it was uh, considered for them the soundtrack of, of their lives, essentially, hmm. just, just like the Beatles are here in America. Um, and people assumed he died. People just thought he died. But, really? Yeah, but they found him, <laughs> and he played uh, an arena concert <laughs> in South Africa. His like pretty much his first concert. I think it was his first concert out of music retirement. Was an arena show, which like can you fucking imagine? Being like just this normal dude and then just like all of a sudden you're in front of thousands of people. God, dude, I cannot. Like like, it's, it has to be crazy. I mean, speaking of that, we literally talked about, we had a story on this show where we talked about Olivia Rodrigo and how she didn't do an arena tour when she first came out. And they literally had a whole conversation about how, you know, she wasn't ready for this and like she needed to take more time and play little venues. And like in the same way, like you're saying, it's like, now you're just out of retirement. Yeah. And well, you're playing he, an arena. He was in his like seventies when he did it. He like he was he was past the age <laughs> significantly uh when he put the music out, but people still loved it. And like he toured in South Africa for a long time after that. Um but it's such a it's such an amazing story. I think uh and I am shocked that the music wasn't huge in America because it's some of the best songwriting I've ever heard. Um, so yeah, you should definitely check it out, but, uh, that's pretty much what I've been listening to. And now a minute for our sponsor, 
Manscaped. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not actually. Can we put that in? I don't know if we're allowed. <laughs> we never got a Manscaped sponsorship before this ended. I'll just cut it. I'll, yeah, I'll we just also cut never got it, a raid. We never got a raid Shadow Legends. Which I'm really yeah, we didn't we didn't even about. we didn't even get we didn't even get to respond to the raid Shadow Legends controversy, which I'm I'm sad about. You know what was like, the what's well, the controversy there? We don't have time for this. We oh. really do not have time for this. <laughs> oh, no. Let's just make this uh, episode another hour long. <laughs> just talk. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll ta- we're going to talk about raid Shadow Legends on the last podcast. Yeah, we're going to open the depths of raid. I'm never letting this podcast end. <laughs> Just end it, God damn it. savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.